Welcome to the Hemp Entrepreneur Podcast. We tell the stories of the pioneers and innovators building businesses in hemp across the U.S. In our mind, the value of a permit just went to almost zero. Well, the value of processing went through the roof. We ended up coming across a machine called the Hemp Train. And two days later, we were flying to Calgary. Hemp processing, it's on the mind of a lot of people. With more and more farmers expected to be growing hemp this spring, it's a pressing issue. Fortunately, in York County, Pennsylvania, Dr. Steve Groff, a former orthopedic surgeon, has purchased the hemp train and hopes to have it running by this year's fall harvest. In this episode, we'll find out what a hemp train is, why Steve decided to buy one, and what he's going to have to do to get it up and running. And I'm co-host Cameron McIntosh, and this is the Hemp Entrepreneur Podcast. Uh, welcome to the Hemp Entrepreneur Podcast. Could you first, uh, you know, just introduce yourself and just tell a little bit about uh, your background? Hey, good morning. My name is Steve Groff. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm originally from Lancaster. Uh, grew up on a dairy farm and uh, went into medicine, of all things, left farming and became an orthopedic surgeon. Built a big practice here in York County uh, from a number of years, from 96 to 2014. Uh, along the way, I was hit, hit by a car on my bicycle in 2011, had a broken neck, a bunch of bad things. I survived and decided to do something different in life from orthopedics for a while and developed a, a project on our farm called Windridge Farm. My wife and I developed a hospitality and beverage company here. And along the way, I really began to look at cannabinoids and I kept my medical license active and uh, began to look at getting a permit to grow my farming background and the 80 acres we have here at Windridge. I thought it could be a nice new step for us, sort of a, even a pivot from what we were doing in hospitality. And over the last six months, a lot of crazy things have happened. Some cool things discovered a machine called the hemp train made a huge decision to uh, be the first to bring one of these machines into the United States and uh, that's going to happen this summer and we've developed a, a whole seed to shelf hemp program and CBD program here in Pennsylvania so it's been a, a fun and very busy year. So you know when you were an orthopedic surgeon uh, did you know anything about hemp at that time? That's a great question. I'd ha I have to admit I would have like many people said rope and uh, Peter, Paul, Mary folk concerts or something to that. <laughs> yeah, I, two years ago, I would have uh, said rope and <laughs> uh, it's a plant, you know, it's amazing what, once you start to really study it and realize what's been happening in the last number of years around uh, in North America, it's incredible. So my passion, I found like, I feel like I found a new why. I mean, I love medicine, I love being an entrepreneur, but this, for myself and my team, the people have joined us. It's just like a whole new why. Um, it's pretty cool. And what sort of flipped the switch? When, what, uh, did you read something? Did you, uh, talk to someone, you know, what sort of, uh, pushed you down the, uh, hemp rabbit hole? Yeah. I think all of us can remember a few, um, events in our case. In, in my case, we were looking at getting a permit. Um, we, we met somebody that at this point I want to re <laughs> I'll leave nameless because, um, someone named that people would probably recognize we ran into this person and and kind of spent three hours with them and we, we were very excited about him before we met this person but after a, a visit with them our eyes were just wide open and even greater opportunities that 
that hemp um, could allow. So after that, we just kind of went wild uh, with our own plans and ideas and gained more confidence in ourselves. And we have a whole team of people now that have joined us that are focusing on this and uh, kind of building out different parts of the of the uh, initiative. So. So how and when, Steve, did uh, potential or the idea to become a processor sort of enter the, you know, enter reality for you? So that was January. Uh, in uh, November or December, I was looking to uh, apply for a permit. At that point in Pennsylvania, it was still competitive, or at least thought to be competitive. You know, we had a four-year pilot program, which grew very little hemp, up 500 acres last year. Um and we expected the permits to be competitive. And we heard about this idea of a research relationship where you could then grow unlimited acreage. So uh, a week before the permits were due, I went to my alma mater, Albright College, small liberal arts college in Reading, um, and approached the, the president. I knew she was a fairly entrepreneurial person, biochemist. And I went to her this idea. I said, look, if we could partner together on a hemp permit, I could build out farm co-ops and acreage uh, with unlimited, it's a huge advantage for us. And within seven days, we lawyered up for a week and they agreed to do this. It, it was crazy, but we ended up getting a permit and our plan was to really aggressively go after relationships with farmers because everyone else was limited to a hundred acres. Well, within two weeks, the laws changed, even less than that, the laws changed where everyone could essentially get a permit and the acres was unlimited. Well, in our mind, the value of a permit just went to almost zero. Well, the value of processing went through the roof. And so we quickly began to look at how we could find a play in the processing world. We were playing on it anyway, but we we weren't as aggressively looking at it. And then we ended up coming across a machine called the Hemtrain. My, our COO was looking at some processing equipment and saw this video of a thing called the Hemtrain. And two days later, we were flying to Calgary. So can you describe what is what is the hemp train and, and uh, is it different than other processors and and if so what's what's the big difference well as, as i'm sure you all know 90 percent of people getting into hemp at this point are thinking about cbd uh, i don't have a problem with that i think cbd is going to be uh very valuable for the next couple of years and i think as a physician i believe there's a number of medical uses we just need more research to prove it out uh, I also believe there's far more than just CBD, just on the pharma side. Um, having said that, um, there's the whole entire rest of the plant that no one's really talking about. In Europe, a company like Hempflax has spent 25 years uh, working out uh, some of the downstream uh, opportunities in, in whole plant hemp processing, not only CBD and, and cannabinoids, but other fiber for hempcrete, uh, OSB board, insulation. You guys know all this very well yourselves. Well, that, that technology, even Hemflex's technology, is based on a hammer mill. So um, the only way to decorticate the, the, the herd from the bass fibers is, is a decorticating process. Um, and the, this company in Calgary called Greenfields Technologies has spent the last six years developing um, a machine that can decorticate in a different fashion than the hammer mill. So the bottom line is we're talking a rotary phone versus an iPhone 2 kind of thing. Um, that's, that's our opinion. <laughs> this company has built two of these. They're ready to be scaled up um, and, and, uh, and sold uh, on a larger scale. Um, and we made a decision to, to buy the first hemp train in the United States. And um, so we're big fans of the technology. 
we think there's a greater, even greater future beyond just us um, having one here. I can get into that at another time, possibly. Um, so that's how we discovered hemtrain. It's a different type of decorticating, but the, here's the, the, the other crux of this is that it separates the plant, whole plant into biomass and herd and bass. There's no other machine that does it. The hammer mill creates 30% loss just to dust and you only get the, the plant fiber. You, you really can't um, extract anything uh, very easily from a um, hammer mill where the hemtrain provides this very clean green microfiber or biomass, which is then ready for extraction. Um, and so it's, it's a different model to even, even the hemp farming and CBD extraction. So it's a little bit, of, it's a bit of a disruptor. And I think that's going to be quite interesting. What form does the hemp have to be in uh, to be processed by the hemp train? So the strategy with the hemp train is that there is a bale opener and uh, we've got some early videos we could even share with you of a uh, large commercial barrel bale opener that's been designed by the same company. So product will be baled in the field. We're talking about mechanized farming, uh, more like uh, planting with an air drill and then harvesting with a sickle bar or a combine or, or a disc bind and then baling it. So the entire plant will be baled after a, a small redding process, and then it will take a full bale and, and then divide it into vast herd and biomass. So it'll be a large bale, 12, 2,000 pound bale, or it can also be hand fed. So it can be sold without the bale opener and for a large um, large CBD operation, and they, they could feed the entire plant in and, and have a much better yield with all the leaves and um, rather than some of the hand labor. Are you going to process uh, the waste from uh, CBD production? When you say waste... Um, the left, you know, everything but the, fl the flower. So that, yeah, and we think that's a huge opportunity um, where there's a, there's a whole bunch of CBD still in those leaves. Um, obviously, a lot of it's in the flower and the trichomes, but um, the ability to have people either bail it themselves and, and bring it to our place... Um, Obviously, these large farms that we've contracted will be putting bales on flatbeds and, and delivering it to our facility in Redline. Um, but the, the high CBD farmer that has five acres and harvest uh, will take some by hand. The rest we could run right through the hemp train. So, and how many acres have you contracted so far? So we had a farmer dinner at our farm a couple weeks ago, and um, ended up having almost 200 people there. We we have over 1,500 acres. Um, contracted for uh, farming of that nature, what we call dual purpose seed. Um, it's going to be farmed with equipment and, and baled. And I know that's, that's already created some consternation with other uh, folks who are planning to do high CBD strains. And, uh, as you guys know, there's, there's sort of lettuce or, or tobacco farming with hand seeding, hand planting with seedlings, things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we're, we're fans of that as well. We just decided that we want to help kick this industry off in a, in a, in a larger way, particularly in the industrial side, because we feel there's a great opportunity. You guys know this, you're doing building a hemp house. I mean, hempcrete, we could go on and on about the benefits of, of hemp and building products, but we need a, you need a robust, large, larger approach to it to get that kind of thing started. You know, again, look at hemp flax, they're providing uh, hemp fibers for the large European car makers. BMW makes a car door liner out of hemp. Um, that's not going to happen with five acre um, plots of high CBD. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but 
we're looking at the bigger picture. And I think that's something that as we talk to people and uh, we've raised, raised funds for this, people have said, wow, no one's really talking about this. And uh, we, we want to capitalize in the gold rush of CBD as well. But we're looking beyond that because I think, as you guys know, even on the cannabinoid side, there's so many other things that minor cannabinoids, other alkaloids and terpenes that medical science still has to even figure out how it all plays together. So how many acres uh, do you need to uh, run the hemp train, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Well, and there's been some calculation now, admittedly, this machine is, there's not a hundred of them out running. So uh, the estimate is three to 5,000 acres per machine. We've contracted over 1,500 now, just of the dual purpose, bailed product. We felt like we had to provide some incentive to the farmers to take the risk to do it. So we, we came up with a calculation um, that gave them some upside as well as us. Can you can you reveal what what a contract may look like? Yeah, and so I, another thing I want to point out is, is so we, we have a number of farmers that want to farm, like we said, mechanized. So we came up with a model that, that showed them a, a strong upside from corn or wheat because their main goal is if I can make be assured I'll make more than, than corn or wheat right now, I'll, I'll take that chance, at least for some acreage. So um, I think our number was 675 an acre. Um, the rest of the team, uh, don't, don't quote me on that. I, I think it was just under 700 an acre guarantee. Um, there was some upside depending on even higher uh, productivity. But again, we're talking about dual purpose stuff, pro- planted like corn or wheat. So far less labor, no plastic, no drip irrigation. So, so um, are you providing the seed? They're going to buy the seed. We're using um, seed from a company called Hemp Genetics in um, Canada. It's a 20-year-old plant that, I mean, a 20-year-old company that has really stable genetics. Uh, obviously, the higher CBD, the slightly higher risk you have of being hot with THC, a lot of genetic crossing. Um, the, the CBD in this, uh, this strain is going to be in a 2% range, but when you run that across a couple thousand acres, that's where uh, scale becomes uh, important as well. Again, looking long-term, we feel CBD prices will drop uh, and at some point probably drop precipitously. And whether that's in two years or four years, I mean, there's obviously crazy predictions for CBD over the next couple of years. Um, it will be interesting to see how the market uh, progresses. So in order to contract uh, with, with uh, Hemp Train, um, do you need to be within a certain radius? Uh, great question. So we've uh, we've easily our goal was fifteen hundred acres, and we've surpassed that uh, already in York, Lancaster County. Basically, um, we've had calls from Western New York, uh, Western Pennsylvania, Delaware, Virginia. Um, people are people are obviously clamoring to get involved in hemp and want to plant hemp, and they're looking for advice. And uh, right now, there's just so much confusion out there. Um, a lot of um, hate to say fly by night, but there's folks that in any industry as it starts to you know snowball in a frenzy like this, you've got people who are legit and then some other other types of operators. So um, we're trying to be a voice of reason out there on all aspects of it. Did you notice much of that when you were looking at um, you know different types of equipment? Um, we, we certainly have. <laughs> We are now looking very, very closely at different extraction uh, capabilities, and certainly uh, in that, there's there's a lot of 
goofy stuff, uh, <laughs> a lot of claims. And again, even admittedly, the hemp train is a new technology. We, we fully uh, <clears throat> recognize that. But we also, we see what the company uh, has put into this. There's no question there'll be bumps, but we believe that uh, this is better technology than a hammer mill and uh, will help revolutionize uh, hemp processing. Are there any hemp trains uh, in production in Canada? Well, the two that were designed by Greenfields are in their own facility. So they, uh, they're six years old. They were founded by a serial entrepreneur who had a, a big cement technology company that he sold very successfully. And they wanted to develop hemp fiber for the concrete business. That was their approach. But all the fiber they could find from hammer mills it was weakened by the hammer mill. So they came up, that was part of the reason they came up with Hemtrain. So one of the products they have is called Enforce Fiber. It's it's hemp uh, bass fiber that's been chemically treated to uh, survive in the alkaline environment of cement, but it's typically added to shotcrete. And uh, it was selected for the Beijing Olympics, the 2022 bobsled track, um, spec this hemp, hemp fiber called Enforce to be used in their shotcrete. So pretty neat. Uh, anecdotal story. They got a lot of press out of that. So this Enforce Fiber is something that we'll also be making here in the U.S. Um, and we'll be making actually in this Redline facility. So it, it's you talk about shotcrete and or hempcrete and hempcrete blocks. Well, this Enforce Fiber is incredible. It's um, it, it helps eliminate the need for rebar. I mean, it, it could be made at scale, which is part of our plan. It could be a, a huge, uh, huge addition to the the fiber industry for cement and replace some of the other synthetic fibers that don't finish as well. How much does a hemp train cost? The um, price for 2019 was one five US one eight Canadian. And have you you've purchased uh, just one? That's correct, one at this point. You know, I mean, just out of curiosity, what happens if if it just you know shuts down? You know, a, a part breaks or or something like that. Do you have people on your team that can quickly fix something like this? There will be a parts team that will, um, I mean, there'll be a whole uh, supply chain for parts uh, that'll be built out as, as Hemtrain becomes uh, more widely used. Uh, and when are you bringing it uh, in service? It is under construction now. It'll be delivered um, probably September for this year's harvest. How big is it? Like how, how big of a facility do you need to operate it? The Hemtrain itself is is large, but not massive on an industrial scale. It's uh, 70 feet long, including a bale opener, uh, 30 wide, 16 high. Uh, the facility that we're moving into this summer is, has uh, 80,000 80, square feet with the um, ability to expand. There's 90 acres on this site uh, that we're moving to in a little town called Red Lion, which is uh, easily a accessible from Southern New York and Lancaster County on Route 74. Are you going to be warehousing the uh, byproducts, Steve? And are you going to be producing a line of um, retail products? Yes. Great question. So um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm still a, a licensed physician and uh, it's kind of neat to be able to go in and out using those skills for different parts of this. Um, we, we decided to really do sort of a, a seed to shelf uh, vertically integrated initiative, and we, we've developed a, a retail experience called Pharmacy Partners, Pharmacy with an F. We opened the first one in, uh, in York about four weeks ago uh, with really nice traffic flow and, and visits. Um, we're opening one at Lidditz this summer. Um, so it, it right now is sort of a hemp retail shop, sort of a Starbucks 
of hemp, if you will, a kind of a cool, chill vibe, um, hemp products, hemp information, cannabinoid education. Uh, and uh, so we have about 13 or 14 pharmacy partner uh, products that are currently co-manufactured. We're going to bring that in-house as this evolves, as we have our own access to to uh, cannabinoids and uh, fiber. And uh, we'll be building out kind of a, a processing line for and packaging line for those things. Who's part of your team? So it's myself, uh, my son, Taylor Groff, who's really the CEO. We formed a company called Groff North America. Um, and the idea, that's basically an ag, an ag business that, that focuses on hemp, um, hemp processing. It will be the company that kind of oversees this whole Red Lion um, research, hemp, hemp research park. Um, and uh, there's another gentleman named Paul Blymeyer, who's his chief operating officer, Ryan Dome, uh, chief development officer. Um, these guys are in their 30s that have come from very successful companies and uh just looking for a change, looking for a new why. <laughs> and uh, we all kind of got involved with this, you know, joking about changing the world. I mean, we used to really joke about it. Now we look at each other and say, this can happen. <laughs> it's, we're doing it. It's, it's unbelievable. The connections, the opportunities, you guys know this. I mean, you're obviously very passionate about hemp and we're new at, newer to it than you all, but it's just incredible the, the opportunities globally as other uh, countries uh, begin to look at the opportunities, particularly on the on the whole plant side. That's what's so cool about hemp train in my mind is that we're fine with CBDs. We're gonna and, and full hemp extraction. That's awesome stuff. But there's so much else to the plant that most folks don't even know about. I mean, uh, hemp graphene, hemp uh, capacitors. I mean, just wild stuff. Uh, biomedical uses, the antimicrobial aspects of hemp. This has all happened very, very fast. I mean, starting in January. It has happened very fast. But on the other hand, as you know, um, this industry is kind of moving like a snowball deals and, and uh, big players. And, and so we're navigating amongst very large sharks in the water. And that's another uh, interesting phenomenon. Uh, you know, the, the cross between uh, MJ companies masquerading as hemp companies and things like that. There's a lot of that going on. Right. It's, it seems like you really have to be careful. So, uh, you know, we always like to ask this question, uh, you know, because, you know, you've, everyone has read that there, I can't even remember what the number is now, 65,000 products that can be created out of hemp or something like that. But if, if you could imagine uh, any product made out of hemp, what, what would it be? Uh, you know, one of the things I thought about was orthotics and orthopedic uses. And that's something that I'm going to work on with the uh, a group at Jefferson, um, um, as far as using um, hemp fiber, just like in the Enforce for the Shockrete, I would using um, hemp fibers and things like orthotics and uh, bracing for uh, amputees and folks who have disabilities. Um, I think there's opportunities to use it in bone cement uh, and things like that, even um, helping replace intercalary uh, bone loss. Um, those are crazy high-tech things, high-biotech things that need to be studied for sure, but uh, I think those are fascinating, as well as the construction materials. I think this Enforced Fiber, I can't wait to see that being used in the U.S. Um, obviously, hempcrete blocks, things like that. It's hard to pick one thing. <laughs> What's the five-year plan, then, for Groff North America? Great question. Obviously, we need to uh, install and um, perfect the uh, the first hemp train running here in, in Red Lion. We were looking to build out this 
uh, this complex, we call it the Hemplex, kind of as a, a fun term, this 90-acre park um, in Red Lion. We want to build that out with our services and potentially other vendors who, who complement um, things that we're doing, putting a stake in the ground for, for Pennsylvania hemp and for our company. Um, we're, we're very active at, in Harrisburg. Uh, we've been fortunate to meet a number of times with Secretary Redding and Deputy Secretary Strathmeyer. It's nice to have support of government in something where so often people in business complain about government slowing down. But this is a neat opportunity where Pennsylvania is really supporting what we're doing and they see the job potential, the, the revenue potential. The politicians seem to have realized that they're firmly behind the curve now, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> any any advice for entrepreneurs or, you know, pitfalls to avoid in your opinion in the in the burgeoning hemp industry here? You could argue that you do one thing and do it extremely well, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, on the other hand, we felt like we saw an opportunity for a, a, a vertically integrated um, experience, and that's something we've gone ahead with. I would say just be very careful vetting people, new people that you meet, different potential vendors, and um, nothing's going to be perfect. Uh, there's going to be mistakes. We're all going to have to work together to, to solve a number of these things, but the, uh, the snowball is rolling downhill now and it's not going to be stopped, but uh, we're just excited to be part of something at the tip of the spear. Uh, I think that there's just so many great opportunities in this. You can get lost in opportunity and drown in it too, and, and I'm wary of that as well. So, Do you have anything else to, to add? Yeah, give us, give us a plug for the hemp train. Give us your pitch. It's going to go out to the world. <laughs> yeah, so again, we, we fully believe that the hemp train can uh, really disrupt and revolutionize hemp processing because there are other smaller machines out there that are pulled behind a pickup truck or a wagon, um, and there's nothing wrong with those. Again, they can be used in the field, but they're more of a wood chipper operation. I, the elegant decortication uh, from the hemp train and, and then having the clean, pure biomass minus any stems or fiber, uh, we really, we fully believe is going to revolutionize uh, hemp processing. And um, we're excited to have the first one in uh, in Pennsylvania and help lead, uh, lead hemp forward in PA and beyond. So more to come. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you or find out more about hemp train and what you're doing how do they get in touch so they could reach out to uh, myself at uh, steve at groff n-a-g-r-o-f-f as in frank na.com or even taylor t-a-y-l-o-r taylor at groff na.com uh, we'd be glad to uh to chat very cool yeah we're, we're super excited steve um lots of buzz about about you and and the hemp train and and everything and i think it's much needed um for someone to take that first step and it seems like you're sort of uh doing everything right so it's uh definitely encouraging and um yeah we're looking forward to, to keeping in touch and, and seeing where you go from here we hope you enjoyed our conversation with steve and we're excited to see what the hemp train can do when it's up and running Please like, share, and subscribe to the Hemp Entrepreneur Podcast. We are your weekly dose of hemp industry enlightenment, and we look forward to hearing from entrepreneurs in the future who are inspired by what they heard. And if you're listening and are a hemp entrepreneur, please reach out and get in touch with us. We'd love to tell your story.